You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. It's me really trying to be mindful before I purchase and then being mindful of what and how much I purchase and periodically pausing to acknowledge what am I keeping in my home? Does it make me more comfortable? Does it make me happy? Does it bring me joy? And if it doesn't, then it probably needs to go. Hey, hey there. Welcome to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, along with my co-host, India Jackson, to get the dialogue going. Hey, hey there. Hey. You know, it's really sinking in that um, we've been evolving the intro and outro and so much on the show. Oh my (laughs) gosh. phrase, reconsider your normal. Like, yes, it gets to stand out and shine now. I know. It's one of those things that for me, like full transparency, folks, this is me being being real about what it is. Like, like I've been saying something that's pretty much been an iteration, you know, of the same thing for quite a while. And so shifting that has taken me some time to get used to it. And at the same time, it really does, you know, mean a lot to me to see how things have evolved and something that I've been you know, saying so much to have it now be a part of the intro. It's like, ooh, I like it. I dig it. (laughs) Well, I'm curious to see how that becomes a phrase used in many other ways coming soon. I know. So I have a question for you. Um, Being that you are you are a minimalist. And I feel very comfortable saying that. Um, I am minimal-ish, as I like to call myself. I am getting there. I, have, um, <laughs> I, am, I am on the way. However, I mean, I've, like, I keep things and buy things very differently than I used to. And I mean, I learned about that concept from you. And so, I mean, all of the shifts that I've gotten from that, like I do have to attribute to what I've learned from you, which you've shared with me. Uh, we've done men's game countless times. And it's definitely been your influence that has shifted the way that I've chosen to not only vote with my dollars with how I spend my money, but you know what I then choose to keep with the space that I inhabit for myself and my family. Well, thank you for all the props. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You earned you earned that because it's a lot. And 
<laughs> this is where I have to pause and say, this is what actual influence looks like. This is what it means to be an influencer. I just had to say that real quick too. Well, so there's a lot that just came up for me and what you said. Um, number one is... I think it would be helpful for us to share what being a minimalist means to each of us because it might be different and it might be different than what the listener sees that as being from their perspective. And then also when you said influence, um, I think it's important to note that I just shared information with you. And I also, in addition to sharing information with you, started with working on doing my own life differently. And in doing my own life differently and you observing that as a friend of mine um, and also a business partner of mine, you became curious about what I was doing. And so that gave me an opportunity to share things versus, hey, I'm doing this thing and you need to do it too. (laughs) Well, and what you said is important. I think that's important because people (laughs) so often assume what it means to be an influencer. And I think being influential is really you just doing what you're doing and you're just simply sharing it. And it's really no more and no less. And so, you know, I don't mean to digress, but I think that it's really important that, you know, that particular way of being and just kind of mindset shift absolutely influenced me to shift. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it was actually influencing my relationship that I was indoctrinated into with consumerism. Yeah. So mm, I know this is a big question and I'm being very mindful that I think when we answer questions, they're only able to truly come from the now because you may change how you feel about it later and that's totally okay. So mm-hmm. what does being a minimalist mean for you right now? Right now it is not buying for the sake of what happens if I don't have. Um, and I think about that in a sense of like food of like, okay, you go to buy a box or a bag of something and it's like, but what happens when that runs out? I really should just buy two. Do I need to? Do I even know if I like it? No, I'm going to buy for now. I don't need to uh, almost in a sense hoard because I don't know what's going to happen. And so allowing myself to buy um a little more cognizantly now that does not mean I'm buying like day at a time or I'm only going to buy three Cheez-Its this week. That's not what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Because I took the box out because my kids left the empty box in the cabinet, but I digress. Um, Like it is, it is literally me not having to worry about not having as a motivation for overbuying. It, it is, me making sure that the things that I am choosing to buy and bring into my home or into my business have a purpose that I want it there. Um, And before I even do that, like, you know, I'll pause and acknowledge, do I already have this? Does it exist somewhere else? Does it exist in another form? And I've just acknowledged the fact that I actually already have what I need. Like as an example, if um, like I've been wearing head wraps for those of you that, um, have seen some images of me or have been on calls with me. And I don't need to go buy a specific soap for that. I mean, if I really am honest, it's like I'll have body wash or hand soap that isn't being used, like especially like little samples and things. And so I utilize them in other ways. And so 
it's me really trying to be mindful before I purchase and then being mindful of what and how much I purchase and periodically pausing to acknowledge what am I keeping in my home? What am I, you know, or at my, my studio when it comes to business, you know, why am I keeping it? Why, like, does it have a purpose? Why am I not letting it go if it doesn't have a purpose? And what is actually supporting what I'm trying to do? Because what I'm trying to do is not to have stuff around me for the sake of stuff's sake. Like, does it make my job easier? Does it make me more comfortable? Does it make me happy? Does it bring me joy? And if it doesn't, then it probably needs to go. But I've been very, very intentional and I've done the same, you know, with my kids and trying to get them there of like, we don't need stuff for the sake of stuff's sake. And so it's a little harder with kids, but I'm, you know, really making them more aware of it so they can make different choices too. So I heard a couple of things come up and what you shared. Um, and I feel like if I were to like recap that and please let me know if I've missed something. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing that you are questioning what you don't have and the desire to to go out and get it. Um, you're also questioning what you do have and if you really need that. Mm-hmm. You're increasing your awareness around the systems and the strategies and the tactics to fuel people into a consumer society to buy more have Mm -hmm. more, spend more, do more. Um, And because you have the newfound awareness around that, part of how you're moving through that is appreciating what you do have and using it up before you buy more. Mm -hmm. And then also you have been taking actions differently in the way that you spend your money. Absolutely. I'm not going with the way that I was taught or shown I'm supposed to buy or how much of something I'm supposed to have or how often I'm supposed to purchase. Only I choose that. And it doesn't have to come from someone else's way of doing things. I've really deviated from that. One of the things that I have found come up um, whenever we've had conversations around voting with your dollars, for some people can be like this resistance of, you know, well, you're asking me to, or this assumption that we're asking them to spend more money. We're asking them to buy more things. Um, And I'm wondering for you, if you found that in the decision to shop less and to spend less, that you were able to spend and shop more intentionally as far as what type Uh, of brands you supported. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, very different. Like I don't, um, I don't, really go to a bunch of different grocery stores anymore. Honestly, most of uh, the grocery shopping that I do, um, a big chunk of it, especially for me, because I have different things from uh, a a perspective of dietary preferences of like, you know, I can't have dairy anymore and um, cutting out gluten. And I already wasn't eating meat. I'm basically going to be eating air soon. I joke. (laughs) But (laughs) um I actually shop very, very often at a local organic market. It's um, local to the Maryland and D.C. area. It's called Mom's, my organic market. So I actually spend, um, you know, more money there. 
um, versus somewhere else, but I'm actually not spending more money because of the fact that I'm only buying what I'm going to kind of utilize because I'm not buying much is going in a freezer. Most of it is, is fresh or dried. And so I'm only getting what I need and it's going toward a business that I, I, I know that, you know, they're supporting things that matter to me, like solar panels. Um, they actually have compost there, which I've started to compost, which is something that I take when I go. And so that supports something else for me. And so now my kids, because of Aunt India, are like, we put that in the dirt. It makes better dirt to make the vegetables grow better. That's what my kids say. So like <laughs> it shows up in a lot of ways. And I appreciate that I am choosing what I'm putting in my body differently, but I'm also choosing who I'm, you know, supporting to thrive because of that, because that's where I'm choosing to shop. Mm. Thank you for breaking that down, because I think that many people can relate at different points in their lives. And I know for sure for me, this was like, you know, five, 10 years ago, like I can't afford the organic local grocery market. I want to do a CSA, but I can't afford that. I want to compost, but, you know, being a college kid, you know, 10 years ago in school. Well, hold on. I'm getting old. More than 10 (laughs) years ago in school. (laughs) I I tried it. Um, You did. You did. I didn't have a backyard to put a big old compost bin in. So it's like, oh, I can't do all these things. And then realizing, oh, but actually, if I just stop buying the junk that leaves me hungry, anyway that I don't really need and start shopping at a place that has compost and doesn't sell junk, I actually can do all of these things. Right. And that's where I do think what you said is so important. It's not about, oh, you have to spend more. It's just spending differently, spending better. Because again, like I am buying things here that actually end up costing me less than if, you know, I went into like a uh, giant is another grocery store I have near me. And it's like, oh, I'm going to get this. Oh, I walk by this. Let me get this. Well, you know what? I think I only have two left. Let me get one of these and throw these in a freezer too. And before you realize it, you $75 in a hole for what? So can we dig into that a little bit? Um, <laughs> the decision to go in the more convenient and cheaper grocery store. And right now we're on groceries. I mean, everybody has to eat something if you're a living, breathing human. So this applies to anybody. But the decision to go into the cheaper grocery store actually can cost you more money because it's designed to offer you better prices. So it seems right from the outside looking in, but once you're inside, they have these end caps and these huge colorful signs and things are lit a certain way. And they even pick like specific music to inspire you to buy more. The way the sales are put together is like buy three, get one free, buy two, get one free. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're getting one free but you've just bought like four of something and you only needed one. So did you actually get a deal when you're buying more than you needed when you came in? Well, and I'm gonna pause you there because I have to call out something. What if you didn't need any of it? Because I can't tell you how many things I get in my inbox or my actual mailbox that is always talking about you get this percent off and what you save. And you know what you save 100% on? What you don't buy. 
That's mm. the highest discount you're going to ever get. Oh, the quote is slipping my mind. Oh, I wish it was top of mind right now. But there's two gentlemen um, that I listen to their podcast called The Minimalist. And they talk about that of like, it's not a deal if you bought something you didn't need. You know, right. <laughs> it's not a sale if you were mm-hmm. buying something you never intended to buy. Right. And the difference is, is I don't go into this grocery store to just, you know, I'm not going in there with the throw it in the bag. Like, let me just go ahead and get it all. It's like, no, because uh, I, I don't want to buy what's going to go bad. I don't want to buy what I'm not going to eat, especially being that I'm the one that eats like this in the house. Like for the most part, no one else does. Occasionally someone will be like, let me try it. But for the most part, it's just me. And so I don't want to have a bag full of stuff that I'm not going to actually eat. That doesn't feel good. And there was a time in my life that I I would have justified it. Oh, I'm going to try it. Maybe, kind of, sort of. I mean, you never know. And now it's like, no. If I don't know that I need this, I have what I need. I can come back and get it if I choose to at another time. It's okay. And that's a piece of the mindset. Like, I don't have to buy it out of worry that it won't be there, that I won't have what I need. I have what I need and more. I am very fortunate to be as abundant as I am in my life in so many ways. And we all have ways that we're abundant. And abundant is a term that means something different for all of us. But I have not let scarcity or lack take away me being fully aware that if I didn't go to the grocery store for the next month, that if I had to go with what I have, I will I will be okay. I can make it work. I don't want to. It might not be what I would like. They will not be happy. (laughs) But the reality is living and thriving. (laughs) Right. I have, you know what I mean? I have dried goods. I have things in my freezer. I have spices so that they don't taste like nothing. I have pasta in, you know, my cabinet. I have things to eat. Like, Uh, and a lot of people can't say that. And it's important to acknowledge that and to appreciate that and say thank you for that. Thank you, universe. I'm I'm safe and well taken care of me and those I love. So you touched on spices. And I think that for me personally, spices is a great example of where moving away from consumerism and moving into stores that do not market you to buy like deals and sales based things and have all these different end caps and music and all that to get you to just Mm. buy all the stuff has served me um, because We don't think about it, but (laughs) there is no real like solid restriction on spices. So they're not really required to have an expiration date. You have no idea how long they've been in the bottle. And the Mm -hmm. longer they've been there, the more they taste like powdered dust instead of actually like a spice. Right. But we've been programmed to believe in America, I can't speak for other countries, that the way that you buy spices is you get this prepackaged glass or plastic jar. And it's probably enough to last you like three years and you only use like a portion of it. And then it probably tastes like dust to begin with. And you just don't know it because you never had freshly ground spices. Right. Switching over to moms because I I shop there too, just at a different moms and getting my spices freshly ground where you can buy just the amount you need and they replenish Mm -hmm. it as needed from the farm or wherever they're getting these ingredients from has been the biggest game changer in my life. I can literally just get like a couple tablespoons of something 
and it has the flavor of an entire cup of one right. of those glass jar bottles. Right. Well, and let's acknowledge it costs less than the glass jar, you know, um, bottle that you were going to buy and you got what you're going to actually use. And some people might be like, but you could have had a whole nother half a bottle, a whole half a bottle of something that I don't need right now. That's not going to taste like this when I need it in another six months. And also when you don't know where it came from. So the beauty of, you know, these decisions to be more intentional and more mindful about not massively having more than you need and voting with your dollars into some of these smaller businesses or more intentional, more ethical businesses, which moms happens to be all the above. I feel like this is an ad for moms. Moms, you want to, you want to throw some sponsorship money for this episode? I was going to say like, I'm very particular (laughs) of who I would want to sponsor, but I would take moms because I feel very aligned with moms. I would be a okay with it. (laughs) Someone's from moms, if you're listening, you know, hey, listeners, this was not sponsored. <laughs> this is just an example, but we would never turn that away, moms, because we really like your story. Anyway, <laughs> that decision led to a better tasting food, but also like I'm able to legit know what farm in what city in what country each spice came from. Right. How many times have you bought spices and you don't even know all the ingredients because it'll say in proprietary blend? And it's like, what the fuck is that? that? Right. I'm eating it. I don't know what the fuck it is. Right. Well, and can I acknowledge as somebody that has over the past, I'd say, four to five years completely shifted um, the way that they eat and the things that I've given myself access to eat? Because nobody said you can't eat meat. I chose not to. Um, And a lot of the shifts that I have made with what I eat and what I buy would have likely been different if I didn't have a way of making it taste good. And so I want to acknowledge that from a literal, like buying better things to fuel my body, part of that was making different choices with, you know, how I cooked it and what I had access to. And I'm like, okay, I think I can make, I think I can make this tofu work. And for somebody that eats meat, they're probably like tofu. And in that, and (laughs) figuring out what you need to do to make things taste a way that feels good to you. Spices is something that it seems like an afterthought, but it really does make a difference, especially if if you want to go down the rabbit hole, go down the rabbit hole of what they will let you, uh, like what the government says, oh, you can have uh, this amount of this in spices. This is legally acceptable to be in there. And you don't know what's included in it. So like, I'm just like poop. Yes. Literally, my son will go around and be like, mom, this the government says you can have blah, blah, blah amount of poop in this. Like he will literally tell me. And so (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it seems like a small thing, but even just that shift um, makes a difference because then I I am now eating something that I, I like what I can make. I don't have to go out to a restaurant or have someone else cook it in because you know how you hit that point of like oh this doesn't taste good if I make it and it's like that might not be true if you have access to things that are actually going to be helpful which means you might have to shop differently yeah and so just bringing that back full circle um it makes me think about like other 
other ways I've seen this apply to life, you know, if you're listening and you don't do a lot of cooking and stuff, I want you to think about where this shows up in other areas of life. One of the things that's shown up for me is in streamlining where I shop, period, whether that be the grocery store, a clothing store, a place to get um, like products, like hair products, skin products. We all need those things throughout our life um, has been that it streamlined my actual time spent shopping. We don't think about it, but when you are shopping at places that are designed to continue to sell you more and more and more and more things, especially big box places like Amazon and stuff like that, they're going to constantly show you more stuff to buy. And so I've just personally found for me that saying, okay, my place for groceries is my CSA and I pick up my CSA at mom's because that's where I get... CSA is Community Sourced Agriculture. It is a box of fruit, vegetables, and or other assorted produce that comes from a local farm. Thank you. (laughs) That's where my vegetables come from. And I elected to have them delivered to my local grocery store, um, my local mom's. So that way, when I pick up my weekly box of vegetables... If I need uh, tofu or spices or whatever, I can get exactly what I need to match what's in the box for the week and I'm done. I don't have to drive to two more grocery stores. I don't have to um, go and look through all the sales papers to see what's on sales at all these places. Listen to the time adding up as I'm going through this, right? I'm not clipping any coupons. I don't even think moms does coupons. (laughs) No, they just have a little booklet and you might find something in there, but it's at the door when you walk in. So you don't have to do anything extra. Right. And I'm not looking at recipes and that's just my choice. But I am, I took the approach of deciding that unless it's for a special family dinner or something, I'm going to do a little of this and a little of that and see what happens kind of cooking because I just don't want, I'm not trying to be a chef. So I don't want food to take up this much space in my brain anymore in my life, especially as somebody who did competitive bodybuilding and I had to measure and weigh everything for a good portion of that. So when I think about that, I think it's important to see where does this translate for you in other areas of your life? One of the other areas for me has been my wardrobe shopping and that I actually did decide to segment and no longer like Um, shop with places that have a ton of different brands. And instead I went out and sought out the brands that I know fit my body, my body type or my body shape. And then I don't have to be distracted by all these other things from brands I've never tried that I know just aren't going to fit me right. And then started dwindling that down to which ones have ethics and values and also styles that I feel like complement who I am. Where does that show up for you when you think about that? Clothes is definitely one because, uh, for example, um, I, I I tend to like jeans from Madewell. So one of the things that I like with them is they actually have um, recycling that they'll do. You can take your jeans back and I think it's like $20 that they give you toward another pair. But they also take the old pairs and they make insulation out of them. So that's one of the ways that... Um, you know, like that's made a difference. And for me, it's always important to buy things that I don't have to rebuy 
because that fast fashion of, oh, it's it's really quick, it's cheap, it's just trendy, it's not meant to last, it actually ends up creating more waste. And so I really try to buy things that are more like staples and that I can stick with them. And I don't have to feel like four washes in, here we go, I need another pair or another, you know, item just like it or whatever. So it's definitely shown Ooh, up with that. Can we pause on that? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to note that like if four washes in, you're having to replace it. It's not just you put one more thing in the landfill. It's also you now have to go spend the time to go research another piece to replace it. Yep. And for me, I'm like, no, I don't. I want things that are going to, you know, create longevity. Um, And so clothes is definitely one. Another one of the places that... um, I'm not going to say the places, but another particular like like area of things that I'll buy is like home goods in the sense of like towels and sheets, um, pillowcases, blankets, things like that. Um, I specifically like I have two sets of sheets. You know, my kids have two sets. And so it's like you have one that you're using and you have one as a backup. Um You have a summer blanket, you have a winter blanket. Like I remember a time in my life where I had like five different comforters. One person does not need five different comforters. This is silly. And so I don't do that anymore. I'll buy duvet covers. And even then I use things until they're done and then I'll buy more. But I, you know, towels, I can't see having five sets of towels for one person. How many towels can I use at any one given time? One. Well, you know, and and I was very much taught like, you know, you want choices, you want to have options. And so you buy, oh, this is really cute. And this one's on sale. Let's buy this one. And so you get all of these things and now you have to care for them. Now you need places to store them, which is how places like the container store and all of the, oh, it's the beginning of the year. I need to organize my life. How about you organize it by minimizing it? Don't have so much. Oh, <laughs> Play, rewind that back. Rewind that back if you're listening. <laughs> Organize it by minimizing. Like, <laughs> I don't need so many places to store stuff if I have less stuff to store. And that has never been more apparent to me than it has like in this past year or two. I'm just like, no, you know, all of these options of things that are never going to get used or Those of you that have been around for a while, you've heard me talk before about taking the plastic off the furniture. Why are we holding on to things for this imaginary time that we're going to finally use it? So we got to save our good things. No, use the good things today. Use it right now. So like, I'm like, no, I don't want more stuff to hold for some imaginary date. And I don't want more stuff to store just because. No, just no. That's one thing that stands out to me is... um... When I started my transition into being more minimalist years ago, um, I realized that I had like a good set of stuff of certain things in like a everyday set. And naturally over time, especially when you're looking at things like dishes and stuff like that, you move or you have a slip, you're going to have some cracked dishes or (laughs) some things go wrong. Mm -hmm. So I made the decision to like not replace it with another everyday piece and instead actually start using the good stuff because why does it need to wait for a special event? It can be a special event every day. 
my life is special. How about that? Right. Thank you. And that's where a lot of people miss stuff. And so this idea of like, I have paid money to get this big old heavy china cabinet for stuff that I might pull out once a year. I'm not doing any of those things. I am going to utilize these things daily. And so I do not have an extra set of dishes that is not being used. The dishes I have are all being used. The cups that I have are all being used. The glasses that I have are all being used. There is no, you know, for later stuff put aside. The only things that are put aside are things that are maybe just not getting used on a daily basis. I use my uh, Instant Pot a few times a month, but I don't use it daily. But that's as close as that's going to get. There is not this imaginary for for use when set of stuff. I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. I want to pause for a moment and rewind it back to about 10 years ago. I keep making us younger than we are. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take it. What is going on here? (laughs) I am okay with that. You can go ahead. Uh, No, it was more like 13 years ago when we met. (laughs) Yeah, that's about 13, something like that. 13, 14, something like that. Yes, correct. Okay. (laughs) We'll rewind it back to that. If you had to just close your eyes for a minute and zoom all the way back to the woman that you were then and where you were on your journey of consumerism as well as voting with your dollars, what would you tell yourself from the perspective of who you are now? Oh, my God. You did not see my face cringe. (laughs) (laughs) My face was like, woof. Um... So, that's the way back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, child. So, number one, the, the first and most prevalent side effect of consumerism: debt, debt, buying stuff that you don't need right now, that you may not ever use, that you can't truly justify why you're even doing it being lured in by sales, being lured in by, well, if I don't, what happens? Being lured in by, oh my gosh, it's it's, it's someone's birthday or this is happening or it'll be fine. Mm -mm, Dead. Dead. No. And it's not helpful. And if I think back, like I really can't think of too many things at that point that I bought that I still have or that I would want to have. And so like, I would be like, you don't need it. Uh, there's better things that you can do with your money. There's better things you can do with your time. There's better things that you can do with your space. Like whatever it is that you think you need, I guarantee you, you don't really need it. And it's okay to have things that you want, but it's important to be really clear with yourself and honest with yourself, which of those it is and whether or not this is really the best choice that you can make in this moment. Mm. Well, I know we normally leave with one action to take, but (laughs) (laughs) I think you kind of laid that out to really consider why are you buying what you're buying? And then from there, you know, how can you possibly look at reducing the excess in order to be able to increase the impact with where you shop. I agree 100%. And the beauty of being minimal-ish for me is that it does make me more cognizant 
of what I'm doing and what a lot of us know from grocery shopping of reading the labels. I'm reading the labels of all the things that I'm doing. What is this support? Do I want to give you my money? Was this made with integrity? Was this made with intention? Was it made with love? Who's this go to? Would I give you money if I just knew you as a human? So it really has shifted me voting with my dollars in a way that supports my life outside of money. And I think that's the most important part of anything regarding consumerism, voting with your dollars or minimalism. It's really supporting your life. I couldn't have said that better. And the one thing I'll add is that it's also the realization that shopping is not a hobby. No. And if you don't watch it, it could become a high and a very dangerous one. So it's important to be cautious with that. And I know that sometimes it's not always easy to figure this out on your own. And that's why um, in December we are choosing to go also go into, you know, essentialism. And it actually makes perfect sense that we're going from voting with your dollars into essentialism because they go together. And so knowing that we're having these types of conversations that likely aren't being had otherwise in the same way. Like I'm, I'm so humbled that we have that opportunity. Absolutely. So you can go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community if you would like to partake in these conversations and figure out what your particular version of minimalism or minimal-ish could be to help <laughs> you with voting with your dollars. As always, this conversation has helped to remove stigma as we are on the road to creating real change and connection. As always, we appreciate you being here as we have these real conversations and participating and taking in ways that you too can reconsider your normal. So let's continue getting together and helping more people to drop the veil while they challenge their thoughts, feelings, and actions. So till the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?